0: I'm Sonia Morton-Firth and you're tuned in to The Sonia Morton-Firth Show. Today my guest is Derek Mills, internationally renowned speaker, author and associate producer of the Think and Grow Rich movie. Derek developed a stutter after the sudden death of his mother when he was a child. Most of his early career he was considered a failed businessman and was on the verge of bankruptcy and losing his home to the bailiffs. After a life-changing moment, Derek went on to make his first million and he now advises and coaches multimillionaires. Derek speaks from his heart and shares how you can change your life using philosophies of his daily standards. Derek, thank you so much for being a guest on my show, and welcome to my home. Thank you
1: for having me. Can you believe
0: it's been a year since we sat together and I interviewed you at the Yes Group? Wow. It's actually been nearly a year to the Mm. day. It was late September, and when I look back, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I knew then when I sat there on that stage and felt your energy that I really wanted to interview you for my show. Mm. So, so yes, thank well, you. Wonderful, thank you.
1: thanks for having me back.
0: And I guess here we are, 2020, and there I was in Bali, beautiful spiritual place. Mm. And I set my goals for 2020, and I and I set them. I read your book, and I'm sure a lot of people did. Mm. I set them in slightly in a slightly different way probably the majority of people have either burnt their goals thrown them away or thought what the heck has yeah. happened mm. why do goals fail in, in your opinion
1: yeah i think the starting point uh with goals is that um they're very worldly aren't they if you speak to most people and they and you they would say to you well i want to have i don't a hundred thousand in the bank uh, a million pounds in the bank that house that many bedrooms that guy, that girl in my life, uh, this job, this position, this recognition, quite worldly. yeah. Um, and uh, So the question as, as to why they might fail is, um, although they're worldly, are they right for you? Mm. So how easy it is to set a goal based on what you think the world would have you be, rather than, so let's suppose you say, and uh, you've seen people's goals in hundreds over the years, some the car, it might be car, and to drive um, an, a BMW, seven series whatever it might be you know in the in the vehicles section and you go okay so um so what you're telling me then is when you came into the world you know as, a, as, an, as energy in a child's body in a baby's body you were thinking seven series. <laughs> that's, that's I what i be. want by 30 god have them, because i doubt that so what we're saying is therefore is that maybe the world's influenced you and each of us to set goals around things that the worldly rather than the reality is Becoming who we truly are, and, and we miss them because they're not really real for us. They're real things, but they're not really real for us. Because if the measure becomes, What have I got? I've got that recognition, that house, that car, um, this money in the bank. Well, you can't even take that stuff with you wherever you go when you shuffle off this mortal coil. And there's very little you can do with that in terms of to support your spiritual journey. So I, so I think people tend to fade in their goals so much because their goals aren't real for them. They're, who really says, you know, came into the world and said, I've got to have a million pounds. You didn't even know what a million pounds? How many kids now would be millionaires? they have got no idea. I know, I know people who are 18 and 19 who couldn't tell you how many zeros to a million. But they want, they want to be one. So I'm wondering whether failure is an external thing that we're grasping for that isn't real for us. And when you try to reach something that isn't real for you, you're prone to failure.
0: So I guess the next question that would spring to mind is how do we know what is real to us? Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. that
1: Okay. So f- f- for me, it's around the realization that actually it starts within. Yeah. So if we have an external goal, uh, anyone listening to this, watching this conversation can say, uh, look at your goals right now. Get them out. Yeah. And look at your goals and see whether from a child you thought, yes, that's what I want. Or whether you somehow, through the worldly observations, realise that's what success looks like, therefore i go for that. So um, the, the thing to do, therefore, is to say, okay, start within and discover who you truly are. This is the difference that says, what if you discover who you are first, and as you realise that, because there are two realisations... The first realisation is to realise who and what you truly are. That's a life journey, not a goal. Yep. The second thing is that which you realise about you, make it real, as in realise it. Yeah, make, it other, yeah, exactly, make, make it happen. Exactly, make it happen. Yeah. First realisation is a discovery. The second realisation is to make it real. And if we do that, uh, the most important thing out of all of that, because I did this from an experiential point of view, not a theoretical point of view, is that in living that way, we become automatically happy, which was a big thing for me. Having lived almost four decades not being happy, um, we become instantly happy because we're living our truth. So it's more important for me because if we start with goals, that's fine, but I'm saying really, is that it? Is that all there is? And well, I'm going to suggest that that's not all there is, and that isn't the most important thing that we're in every stage, in every book, and every, I don't know.
0: It isn't the ultimate goal <sighs> to be happy?
1: Um, you know, we, here's the thing we can't really set a goal to be happy, can we? No, Because happiness is a present-time experience. So we can't say, I'll be happy next week or next month or in three years. And what I hear people do all around the world, it's not not a British thing or a Western thing, from Jakarta to Dubai to South Africa to Anaheim, I've heard people say things I want to, when I get that, 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 and that, then I'll, then be, I'll happy. be happy. Yeah, Almost saying, uh, the, no one's really said it in this way. Derek, don't you dare get me to be happy. Wait till I've got that and then that house. and then that, 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 not, be ha- no, not till then. Nope, nope, nope. And I've got the big house and blah, 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 and all these things. Then I'll be happy. So that then throws up a couple of questions which lead back to my premise of maybe goals isn't the thing. Mm. And what if it isn't? And we've got it wrong. So the questions it throws up for me are, okay, so... What are you attaching to that thing or those goals that you've written down? They're going to say, well, happiness. Yeah? And that's the same on four continents. So this isn't a, a localised thing. Mm. So I'll be happy. So the next question might be, so what if you don't achieve that? What, 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 what about that? What happened to the happiness? If you don't get the thing and you're going to be happy when you've got it, what if you don't get it? Because you do realise, of course, that every re- bit of research going for the last hundred years tells you that most people, most of the time in most places around the world, do not achieve, they achieve their goals. So, and by the way, as an aside, there's something wrong with a system that everybody uses that doesn't work for most people, most places, most of the time. So just pause that there. So what we're really saying is that you attach happiness to a thing, most of which you're not going to achieve. Yeah, um, what happens to the happiness? And what, here's what's really happening for most of us when we, when we do this, we are really set, doing what's called fractionation, we're separating something from self. We're saying, I'm going to reserve some happiness. Reserve it. Not feel it and experience it. Reserve it until. Yeah? And then the until, the until never comes. What happens in the happiness? More importantly is why are we not feeling it in the now? When we reserve something, we're not experiencing it now. We're literally taking happiness away from today on the premise that one thing might happen. And what if the good Lord says, well, it's your last night tonight. What about that? What happens then? Or what if you never achieve any of the goals? Well, what happens to the happiness? It's got to be about the being and being happy in this moment. And when we when we start being our true self, we get happier much quicker, much sooner. And as we start being in our, our true selves, we begin to live in a way that will, I need to catch up, capture this, that will allow us to achieve far more than any goal we could have written down from a sense of being. Does, does that make sense?
0: It, 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 it absolutely makes sense. I think we have had, we've got such a culture, particularly, Um, I mean, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs Mm. um, and we teach our entrepreneurs, um, you know, you have to set goals, Mm. you have to, you know, this is, this is the way to do it. You set goals, you become accountable, Mm. you get coaches Mm -hmm. to then make you accountable. Mm -hmm. In your book, you talk about standards. Can you tell me a little bit more about standards and how they differ to goals? Okay. Um, And why you think the standards are the better way to look at things?
1: Okay. Whether or not we set goals, it's really about the being. It's about the being, and within each of us, there's a genius. So, can, can you accept that? Every, everyone's a genius. You were born a genius when you came to this world. You, you're, you're a ten. You're, you're born a ten. And one of the challenges is that in, sometimes in the world, we get into the, into life as a child or a young adult or an older adult, and the world is treating us as a three. It's And oftentimes, we treat ourselves as a three. Mm. So, you, you're born a 10. Every single one of us is born a 10. But when we treat ourselves as a 3, don't be surprised when the world shows up and treats you like a 3. Because that. that's how you're. Sh- I'm saying I it's absolutely fair. Love I'm that. not saying it's fair, and I wasn't there when the rules were made. But what, we, what I do know is that you were born absolutely perfect in every single way, with capacity, with potential to do everything you need to do before you move on. But if you show up in the world and you allow it, Mm-hmm. allow it or by you know, neglect allow that or perhaps not by neglect because you've got no choices or you believe that you, you show up as a three and you play at a three but then how do you achieve your greatness because here's what the world does it, let's say you're thinking well to achieve my objectives and be or I want to be, more, I've got to be I've got to be dealing with sevens I've got to have seven relationships, I've got to have not seven relationships. <laughs> yeah. But I'm people that do, you think okay, exactly, are i yeah. I've got yeah. relationships who are Absolutely. seven, business who are seven, well, it, clients who are seven. It's
0: like, um, yeah. you know, men and women mark themselves, don't they? If we, In, we, indeed, if we yeah, take yeah, it yeah, back yeah, to base yeah. level, indeed, it's like, yeah. oh, she, she's a nine, <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. he's a seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, you say, oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. why, why do you see all these women that are tens with men that are well, twos? Because yeah, they've yeah. got loads of
1: money. You know, Maybe, yeah. But you're right, though. The thing is, what we're saying is, what I'm going to put out there is that every single one of us is a ten but we may show up as a three and to achieve the success that we we we're guided to talk about and we are guided to say this is what success means because it's actually something different to what we've all been told Um, you only deal with sevens clients and prospects and business deals and business partners and associates you know but here's a problem sevens don't deal with threes sevens deal with sevens so if you're turning up and the way you live your life in your relationships, your business, your health, your environment, your internal mindset, your career, your time, your money, and you're playing at a three, do not be surprised you never achieve what you think you could achieve because the clients you want, they don't even see you. So the idea, therefore, is to what do we do to internally shift ourselves, to begin to see ourselves as we truly are. Maybe you can't see ourselves as a 10 immediately, um, but what we can do is begin to, can we over time raise how we treat ourselves? Raise how we speak to ourselves. Raise how we project. This is not a lie. It's not like a fake it till you make it. This is no. You are a ten. When you're going to recognise that, yeah, and start showing up at a greater level, and all of a sudden, wow! So now you're a seven. And one of the greatest thrills about this for me was when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm attracting all these clients with sevens. So I'd give my little finger to become a client before now. They're just saying actually the same things like, can we deal with you? Uh, have we got enough money to deal with you? Is it okay? And uh, I'm like, oh, what's happening here? So they're now perceiving me to be more than, say, the seven. So it is about, we are in control of that part. No matter what the world does to us, there are some exceptions, always exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it's up to us to raise who, who we are and to do that. The way we do that, to, to answer your question, mm-hmm. is we raise the standards of how we present to ourselves and how we present to the world. So, So a goal says... I'm going to get this one day and be this one day and have this one day. Standard says actually a standard is the basis, criterion, level, quality, or rule that you set from within. So you start within a basis, criterion, quality, level, or rule that you set from within, and you live and you present and you talk and you meet and you interact and you speak and you do everything in your world at, the, at a newer higher standard
0: could you give me an example of that David? well yeah just, um, okay yeah so
1: exactly. a, on, a, on a personal level you might say actually someone's in a you know i spent 10 years as, as a magistrate and um, one of the things that came to mind just then was um you might have someone who was in a, a, a an abusive relationship mm-hmm. yeah and it's not about attributing fault but it's to say that i remember being in court and this will stick with me forever um being court, and we were sitting on on, on the bench and this lady was in court giving evidence. And one of the questions from, from the prosecutor, because her former partner uh, was in the dock, was, um, why are you doing this now? Why are you prosecuting now? Well, it turned out he'd been abusing her for 20-odd years. And, then, and she'd accepted that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's what her words were. There was a moment that came when I realised that this isn't how a relationship should be. She didn't use the word standard, that this is not how it should be. So I said to myself, so not as a goal, use some words that were along the lines of, she was always thinking, one day my prince will come and it'll be okay one day and all the rest of it. If I said, no, this is not how a relationship should be. I'm not accepting this. The next time he puts his, using her words, puts his hand in my face, he's, he's broken the standard. She didn't use standard, but that's it. She's broken yeah, yeah, nice, my exactly, am not going to get yeah. up no, that no, that I'm not looking anymore. for a prince one day. No, this is not how it's meant to be. And so at yeah. that point, she said she went upstairs, she got the case, got the kids and walked. After 20 years in a relationship, so six months later, here we are in court prosecuting her former abuser so um, that's one example of uh, and it's not really say it was her fault I'm using her words to say she made a decision about who she was in the world and how she'd allow other people to treat her from a business perspective I used to have um, Torrid time running around driving all over the UK um, uh, meeting clients for my my financial services business as a financial advisor didn't really get to wealth management until I had some wealthy clients so it took a while um, and I'll go any time, any place, anywhere. Yes, uh, yes, okay, I can come and do your 50-pound-a-month pension. Yes, I can <laughs> come and do that. So where are you? Salisbury, right, okay. So I'm driving from Solihull to Salisbury or uh, Newcastle, Bournemouth, anywhere yeah. pretty much. Uh, and weekends, oh, yes, I'll come at the weekend. Of course, come on Saturday morning, that's fine. Evenings, yes, uh, after work, you you can't see me in the daytime. No, okay, it's fine. I'll, I'll drive to you then, and I'll get to you for seven in the evening, when you've had your life. And lived your way, and enjoyed your kids so you were and back your husband.
0: Breaking yourself all of
1: breaking myself. It. And, and so I had my standards were my standards were whatever the world will do, do to me and for me, and it treated me pretty badly, you know. And it came to a point where I said, after my breakthrough, I said, actually, you know what? Here's here's who I am as a person. I want to be home with my wife and home with my children. I don't want to be driving so many miles on the motorway anymore. So I want to say, right, new standards. All clients come to me. You run a meeting with me, all of them come to me in the, in the office. Lost lots of clients, but I wasn't living the old way anymore, so I didn't mind that. So, went, so I went you down basically
0: to, gave yourself yeah, a new standard? A
1: new standard, clients completely, that's one of them. My clients must be nice people, therefore they will to abuse me and abuse my trust. that I set a minimum level of income, every time I've refined, a minimum level of wealth, a minimum premium, if you want to call it that. That's not just anyone, but oh, if not doing this, okay, we can help you, but not me to somebody else who's willing to do that and, and it, okay. said all those and then clients began to literally it, it, I, I need to say this. i'm sorry to interrupt you there but mm. what i found was that the, the core clients that i wanted and the, the the few decent ones that i did have were ready to raise the standard of how they treated me the minute i did in other words these people w- were ready to uh, to come to the office and see me in the daytime and not have meetings at weekends and don't do anything appointments haven't done that for like 17 years um, they, but they were treating me at the level because I, that's where I was projecting from. They were already there and millionaires that would walk past me because I wasn't there were suddenly seeing me and going, oh, so, so you're the guy that does this and I've got to come to you and you'll give me a time of when you can see me. Yep, yep, that's the guy. I'm that guy. Okay, so when, when, can, you, when can you squeeze us in for? And then they'd come to my office with their financial data on a pre-populated form that they'd that, that brought in. I remember the first few times it happened where these people had to give me my little arm for well, I've got a little arm, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'd give my arm, my little finger, yeah. to, to have them as a client. Yeah. And now they're sitting there occasionally, you know, uh, I'd look at their friends. So how, how have we got enough to be, um, is there enough there to be, to be dealing with you? And I'd look at this guy and they'd have like, four million quid, you know, of investable assets. I'd be like, yeah, it's fine, but you know, it's not about the money. That's fine. But let's, let's talk about you and me in this relationship. And let's understand why, age 72, you're in the room still looking for the right relationship. So how come you're here? Because I need to understand what's not happened for you in the past. So I can see whether what I do and how you are and how we might fit together or how you might not fit together. Let's explore that. The money I've been doing for so many years, there's nothing about the money I'm not gonna be able to answer. If I don't know the answer, I'll call someone. Not about the money, it's about you, it's about people. So let's explore how you're here. Then I slide into their values and their identity and who they were and their relationships and what happened to the previous one to see. okay, let's work these people out. And the whole of that time, I'm holding a space of love. I'm thinking, I love these people. When I'm sitting there with these people, I'm thinking to myself, this is my my sister, this is my uncle Oscar, auntie Rona, and I'm just holding a space of love so that they can feel that they can open up and share the truth about who they are and why they're really there. Because to the degree that we do that, it might be weird to say this, but I just kind of fancy that people are looking for somewhere to plug in, looking for somewhere to finally feel, oh, wow, this feels right. And they say that so many times, this feels right. It might be a totally left brain accountant or former financial director, but they're going, this feels right. And it's great to get to a space where you can just feel, that, regardless of what you're selling or what you're there to do, that the first thing you're doing is coming from a position of love and holding a space for another human being or two human beings. Because if you start there, I mean, that's the greatest place to start from. And then you work it from there, you you know, people say to me, well, your fees are, your fees are higher than the average person would see. And we met so-and-so, and he, was, he seemed, they won't say this, but that's what they mean. He's a bit cleverer than you. And, uh, and they had this, and their offices were swanky, and I'm like this. But, uh, but uh, you know what? It feels right to deal with you, Derek. And um, so we would like to deal with you. Uh, what, what are the next steps? How do we do this?
0: But don't you think that's your gift? I mean, I think I, I can feel your, this sounds a bit weird, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but I can feel your aura. Mm. And I felt it when we sat on, on the Yes group stage, I, I very, I'm all about energy mm. and I pick people's energy up and you've got this amazing energy that you just want to trust mm. and talk and I feel totally um, stripped ba- strip naked yeah. and, 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 but, but not vulnerable, yeah. not, in, not in, okay. in, in, a, mm. in a very relaxed way yeah. um, but don't you think that's your gift? Um, Has everyone got that gift and ability I, I to think do that? I think if
1: yeah. that gift, if by that gift you mean the ability to um, to hold space for somebody else, to think about love, to really, really, really understand that it, that it's about understanding them. And to the degree you can understand someone, you can help them better, further, deeper, more. So why why are you in the room? That then becomes the question. I'm here um, to do the business and close the close the sale, get this contract, do the Actually, are you there? Really? Uh, maybe you're in the room to uh, this time, in this space, with these people travel this earth for 72 years. My average client's 72. They've traveled the, the earth, say, for 72 years on average. Yet here they are in the room with you. Surely part of you's got to be curious to say, well, how come you're here yeah. with me and what's happened and how you're here? And, and how do we make sure that in 30 years' time or in 10 years' time or in five years' time, you're not in a room with somebody else? So why do, I have to, why do I have to understand now? Not at, you know when you go through a relationship? We've all done it in, life, in our life. Would be friendships or relationship, relationships. And, and when it, then it breaks down. At the end, there's one or both people saying, well, this didn't happen and you weren't doing that. And you never got that. This wasn't being done. This was never said, and blah, blah, blah. But you know, here's the thing. That's all being said at the end of the relationship.
0: And but yes, let's face it, but, we'll, yeah. we, we all go through the arguments. And, we we
1: and do, yeah. And are... even if there's resolution, and you, there's an understanding at the end, that that's, the, that's, the, that's the kicker. It's the end. So here's what we, I suggest that we do when I work with other people and coach people in sales or marketing Is say, well, why don't we get the, have those conversations at the beginning? So what have to happen? And what does this feel like? And about this and your values and who are you? Really? So have those questions at the beginning, and then we can say, actually, this is never going to work. <laughs> and it's absolutely fine, if it, because, but now we know, oof,
0: <laughs> yes, we've saved ourselves a hell of, saved lot lot of a, a lot of, and lot all of the time
1: rest and heartache. Of it, yeah. yeah, it's okay to have the emotionally upset conversations at the end, but isn't it better and more, it's more, more natural and nicer to have a conversation if you're brave enough to say, okay, let's talk this through. Well, not interrogate, have an interview, mm-hmm. you know, but to at least talk through the main points, values and identity, and what truth means and what trust means, and all these other things, and say, okay, so are they close enough to where this might work? Yeah, 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 and you still feel the same way. Yes, I do. Well, so do I. Or actually, I think based on this, this, and this, what I I can do here, I've got a really nice friend. (laughs) Doesn't it come back to standards again? Actually, of course
0: it does. Well, well, I think I'm a this, and actually they're not a this because they don't meet my standard
1: in. in It could be health and
0: fitness, let's say. For example, I've I've got a very high bar on that. Um, I know I would never, um, and this sounds awful, but I wouldn't be with somebody that, that I didn't consider mm. fit in some yeah, sort yeah. of way. Mm-hmm. And, and just bec- because I would, I would feel that, well, that would lower my standards. at the same yeah. time.
1: yeah. And it's where we've kind of hit the nail on the head how, how standards are utilised. What we're looking at is when we're working with other individuals or couples is to ascertain, to find out, to understand and seek to understand, really wanting to understand who they are, the standards their values their identity and then saying honestly and i can get this business because how many times have we done business with someone because we could but we really shouldn't have done yeah and we say to ourselves actually yeah so now's the time to be honest and say living for my truth actually now i know this i'm definitely the best person for these for these people and they're right for me now there's a match of standards there's a match of delivery of service, if you want to call it that. I can do this, this, and this. If I say something weird, i, I literally say this to people. If you've come up with something weird that I can't do, I will say so. And if you shouldn't work together, that's absolutely fine. You know, we've done work together. There's no closing question at the end of this presentation. There's a, a storm together at the end. We might decide to work together. And if we both decide to work together, we'll have another meeting to discuss how. If one of us says there's not to, absolutely fine. not going to chase you. not going to follow you up. It's not what we do.
0: But don't you think a lot of people... Um I think I can't say no to a client. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. entrepreneurs. Actually, I'll take it to the relationship or mm. even a relationship. Yeah. They've they've maybe got to that stage. They've been single for a while. Mm. Someone's come along, mm. blown their lights out, mm. you know, the infatuation mm. yeah, yeah. stage. Yeah. And they're not thinking of all the, the signals that yes. are going, the red Indeed. flags. Yeah. <laughs> they're just thinking about, yeah, well, yeah. obviously, Indeed. The, the chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, and the same in mm. business. Someone's waving a nice, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. $100 note or whatever, mm. you know, and a check. Yeah, so. And then, how can you say, because it's almost like the temptation, isn't it? It's like waving this in front of your face. And we're all conditioned to take it.
1: Yeah. Lead us not into temptation. Yeah. You're you're so right with that because I think back to the year after I woke up to Daily Standards and and Truth and all the rest of it and being my true self, I had a test. That's just Uh, sent
0: shivers down my spine. the amount of times that I've been led, the, the temptation yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and in different walks of life.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you, you wake up to your truth, and then someone turns up with an opportunity, and they dangle something, and immediately it takes you back into the world. Oh gosh, from that I would earn 170,000. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll do that. And the question is then, do you go for that and get on the hook and forget your truth. And that's what happened to me. I, I have, you know, the world. Whenever you set new standards, the world will test you. Be under no illusion, this is no fluffy way of living. When you set new standards, the world will test you for two reasons. One, the people that know you and around you are used to you being this way all of your life. So hitherto, they've known you to be this level with your money, your career, your time, your, your relationships. So don't be surprised when people try and treat you the old way. Because yeah. that's what they were used to. So be patient with them. The second thing is that, um, you know, when we look at uh, individuals, we have to decide whether we're going to fall yeah, back into our old self or stick to our truth. So I, I, I woke up, seconds, uh, no, 10-second 10 second moment occurred. Yeah, so I was about to say, yeah, when, yeah. when did this yeah, all Yeah, happened? yeah. And then, and then 12 months later, I had a client come to me, to come to the office in, in, in Solihull. Um, he had about 7, £7 million pounds, let's say a billion then, 7 million pounds of investable assets, which was at that time of the, the biggest client I'd seen at that, t- mm. at that time. And you know the kind of client with I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got that client before. That wouldn't have got a meeting because I wasn't ready. I wasn't there. It would never have happened. Here I am, twelve months after after waking up to my truth. I'm sitting with this guy and his wife in the in, in the in the in the boardroom, and uh, we're kind of twenty minutes into the meeting, and begin to feel uncomfortable but happy. This chap uh, been asking questions to himself and to his wife about the values and identity and how to fill it. The money things, was not, wasn't an issue. And he was saying things like, well, he'd answer the question, then I'd ask her a question. He'd go, oh, no, 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 no don't ask her. Just, and he answered for her. Then he began to speak over her to the degree when the first 20 minutes I'd ask her a question, she'd just go, mm, 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 as in, don't ask me, just ask, just ask him. He's not letting me speak. So I had a moment. I just thought, wow, biggest case that I've had in front of me wow, this is exciting. I can't wait to do the next bit. And I got, began to close my folder up and I said, um, Mr. Brown, Mr. C in the book, saying Mr. Brown, you won't know him. And I um, yes. said, so Mr. Brown, based on what I've seen so far in this meeting, I can see no basis for us doing business together. Because inside I knew if he's going to treat his, his wife, wife that way in front the of a complete table. stranger, he's going to make my life hell if I dealt with him. And I thought, what he doesn't know is I've been to hell in the previous 17 years, you know, and again, going back. Yeah, so it's closing forward, and I said, well, uh, so, um, so I'm seeing no basis for us doing, this. I said, he said, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, well, so I told him, bit of history and what I've done, unless I got to the place where I'm choosing my client, you're, I know you came here to assess me, I'm also assessing you, and I'm seeing no basis for us working together. So I, you know, stood up. And he said, oh, you better. He was a very jowly guy, very, very big, some kind of like a Jabba the Hood type character. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, then we <laughs> sees Jabba
0: the Hood. <laughs> character walking. And his name his Mr. Brown. Is. It's him, yeah. yeah.
1: And he's like, no, you better shred my documents. I said, oh, yeah, I'll return the originals to you, of course. And, I, said, that's a, that's a fight. and yeah, I saw them out there at the boardroom, at the building, signed them out, walked back to the boardroom, which was called the Stratford boardroom back then. And I, I actually did this. I leapt in the air, punched the air, turned around and I patted myself on the back because I knew... That was a test, not just of my standards, because having people that are nice people as my clients, is, is, is that's what, right up there, we're, mm. we're, we're there. And the second thing was, it was a test. It was the universe saying to me, yeah. are you going to the yeah. you gonna stick to your truth? Yeah, you going to stick to your truth? And I said, yes. And since that point, I've met people who are significantly nicer and significantly wealthier than Mr. And Brown. And I
0: bet you changed Mr. Brown's life as well. I bet
1: he well, never... I, I wonder, No, you know what, I've never been never. asked that before.
0: I've Wow. Been- do you think he have? I, I mean, I, I, in that would, moment, he said no yeah, yeah. to someone that really yeah. sounds like he's never yeah. said, been said no Correct. Yeah, he was more a former banking exec. Yeah, yeah, with a wife <laughs> that obviously didn't yeah. like that wasn't yeah. allowed to speak. Indeed. And,
1: um, never thought about that. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah.
0: Everything happens for yeah, a reason. Yeah,
1: yeah, who knows? But no, God bless him on his journey anyway. The, the idea is that we're all, in a, uh, all going through our own stuff. We are a collective, but we are each on a journey and it's a recognition and respect. For wherever somebody is, however they're behaving, and if it's extreme, you can that there'll be reasoning behind that.
0: How do you recognise those red flags? Okay, mm. you recognized it in the meeting yeah. as soon as it was quite an obvious red flag, I guess he was mm. treating his wife poorly. Yeah. But how in what other ways would you mm. recognise it? Because I think a lot of us, I mean, red flags are sometimes quite obvious, mm. but we tend to choose to ignore them.
1: You again, okay, once more, yeah.
0: We Spot choose on. we choose to yeah, ignore we them. do. Yeah. And, I, and again, I'm having hard moments of, of times I've chosen to ignore them yeah. because I haven't either wanted to face reality mm. or trust my own yeah. gut instinct.
1: Indeed. Well, you've kind of answered your own question, yeah. haven't you? Because you get to the choice point. And like you say, many of us get to that choice point, sometimes hundreds of times a year. Um, and we still go, oh, I recognize this as a choice point. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. And you, So what I'm saying is you have a choice and most of us will, you know, do the thing, which we would, you know, that instinct that comes in is kind of a saying, pay attention, be aware. Um, this probably isn't right for you. And if the words aren't there, grab this feeling, be aware of it. And um, it's like, you know, um, it's, I don't know what it can but it's coming, it's coming to me now as I'm gonna say it. It's like, you, you know, you, you, you dress, you know, and you, perhaps you're going to an event, you're gonna buy a new outfits and new, you a new dress. And you go to the department store, or the boutique you normally go to. And you, you, I'm going to take a risk here by saying, you know, you can sometimes go to a, to a store and you put on an outfit. Um, and your friend's with you and say, oh, look, you're great in that, Sonia. And the lady that's serving you says, oh, that looks amazing on you, madam. And you just, you don't quite get that feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: come, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't, feel doesn't right.
1: quite feel right. And you don't know why. It does kind of look good. And you wear it. And then after you've worn it you that once for the event, how many times do you wear it?
0: Never, never, again. Again. never again. So I've
1: never bought a dress.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> Darren? I'm sure <laughs> but, um,
1: but, but, but you do. But you know, and it never suits you in the future either. So hold that thought. And then there's this other time where you go to the boutique and you try a dress and you put an outfit on. And all of a sudden, boom, you're like, <clears throat> yeah, and you know the signals and you, and you feel it, you know it. And you, no one's going to tell you anything. You, yeah, that's it. So next question, you, you buy the outfit how many times you wear the outfit after all that the event? As many day, times day, until day. somebody says, didn't you wear worn, that last... Yeah, yeah. the arms falling yeah, off, because yeah. that was you. Yeah. And what we're saying is we get to a choice point where we say, actually, we, I, I'm going to... It's a difficult question, it's a difficult answer, but the answer is, I think we all know. But we get to a choice point, and it's whether we're willing to live our truth or to do something which we instinctively, intuitively know isn't quite right. And if we do that, don't be surprised what turns up in your life. Um, that mm-hmm. might sound a bit harsh, if you keep making these choices, when you keep getting that gut feeling or red flag, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, and you keep making the choice against that gut feeling, do not be surprised when stuff you don't want turns up, because that's the path you're being let down.
0: When did you find your truth?
1: Well, there's two-part answer to that. The first part is, you know, is, is the book, The Ten Second Philosophy we do um, that
0: because we haven't talked about your background
1: yeah um,
0: you haven't always been so successful by any stretch no, of the imagination
1: and okay the first thing I'd like to learn is, is redefine success yes what it means I realized yeah. I actually realized yeah,
0: yeah. what I said because to many people you were yeah. successful but you yeah. weren't successful to yourself you no, didn't feel indeed. fulfilled within yourself no, not and at that isn't that the biggest failure because
1: indeed.
0: it doesn't matter what other people
1: think, it's no. how you feel. That's how you feel. Yeah. We all know people who are yeah. massively successful, worldly recognition, all the wealth they could imagine, they're just not happy and you know, take a walk out of this life in a natural way. Um, success to me has become something different to what it would appear to be but I do understand what the success means to most people. It's
0: when yeah. it's an external success, I yeah, guess. Indeed. It's what society yeah. has deemed a success. Yeah, yeah, And, 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 and I, and I let that, into like that. Years,
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so for me mm. now, success is, a, it's, it's that realised squared. I put it in a chapter in the book called Realised Squared. Success is the realisation of who you are and what you've got inside of you. And that means you've got to look inside, not, not adding more stuff from the outside. So realising what you've got inside of you, and to the degree that you realise it, Make it real in the world, because that's why you came in with it. That's why it was given I to you. Reading, that's the success.
0: I remember reading that part in the book where you said the biggest travesty is people that actually, they find their true purpose, they find their gift, mm. and then they sit with it and yeah, don't do don't anything. anything with it. Because they're too afraid. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And that is the travesty. And yeah. I think so many people see that, but they're mm. too frightened to take the next step. Indeed. What would you advise people if they're sitting there, they're watching this, mm. and they think, oh, I love doing this, or this is my gift, or I really feel like this is me. Mm. But I'm not going to make money from it, or I'm not going to be successful at it, however you deem success, or do you know what? It's just, yeah. a, it's just, a, it's just a passion mm. thing. It's, you know, it's just my hobby. Yeah. How, what would you advise people to do
1: yeah.
0: to take that next step? Okay.
1: The, the, the real answer is not what most people expect because it isn't a question of A, B, C, just do it, it's your passion, go for it, whatever, that's all well and good. The reality of it is, try it out. You see an outfit in a a store, try it on and see how you feel living that way. Give it a go for a while because one thing you'll know about my standards by reading the book is I started out with this level of standards and over time as I got comfortable, competent, Confident and then consolidated. So we went through the four C's with each standard. I would raise them up and raise them up and raise them up. So, in other words, don't. Uh, for some people, you can jump in 100% and go straight for it and just quit that job and leave that relationship and get go for it. Not what I did. Yeah. Because I'm still doing the same thing when it was when I was broken, depressed, and the same uh, you know, financial services. But the idea is try it on. And, and if you think of a stairway, go to step one and get comfortable, confident, competent, and consolidate that position now raise it up, now live there and get comfortable, confident, competent, consolidate, now raise it up, try it on for a bit, so I know people don't like the word try, you know Yoda says there is no try, I'm saying Yoda there is a try, there is a try. give it a go, do the first step and see what happens from there, don't look at the whole staircase, just look at the first step and when you get there you'll, you'll see how do I feel about this, okay, consolidate, now move to the next step, so give it a try, I'm not going to be yeah. a bit more direct than that because I, I didn't do anything different to that. I just gave the new me a try. And my old standards, I've changed them so many times over the years. So looking back um, and joining up the dots, I started at a different place. I told you my standards back then, they're not my standards right now. Lots of them. Some are the same, of course, but others are different.
0: So how do you find or how do you work out your standards? Do you write them down? Do you visualise them?
1: Yeah, one of those so things. Think- but yeah, so um, remember I, before I kind of woke up and had my 10-second moments, I've done 17 years of goal setting, everything from Tony Robbins, the CDs, the downloads, every programme you could think of, do so many of them, but no, still broke and depressed at the end of that period of time. And I've written them down, and I visualised them, and I closed my eyes, and I'd imagine the money and all the rest of it, and I still can remember the words that I spoke over that um, incantation, that's that, that yeah. where it was coming to me, but was, that visualisation. But actually, it's, um, so I stopped that. Because in the 10-second moment, which was, you know, uh, one... Well, let's talk about w- w- yeah, that 10-second
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. moment. What actually
1: happened? Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I, I've not thought before, so there must be something here, that um, although it was a 10-second moment, so many things had happened up to that point that caused that moment to happen, to occur, and to be recognised. Because um, I'd had a crash on the motorway the previous year because I was so tired driving back from a client. I'd seen, like, 10 o'clock at night and trying to overtake someone in the fast lane... I was already in the fast lane, but I was so tired to not even notice that, crashed into the barrier and all the rest of it. Bad relationships you know, led by me, you know, and all this thing going on, not being happy, perhaps a couple of friends, actually probably one at the time. And um, against that point in 2003, November the 11th, and going, no, this isn't even my life. This isn't me. Um, it's not what I'm meant to be. Um, and I've been setting goals for, this, for like 17 years, but, but this this is not me. I remember slamming the drawer, of the filing cabinet, and just saying, "I've had enough of being and living this way, this life that I absolutely knew." I don't care. I didn't have the intelligence or the, the some guru-type words, but I just knew this was not my life. I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant for better than this. And that's when I had my ten-second moment because with that, I literally stood there in the office and I was like, "Whoa!" I'm not saying, "Yeah, you've been setting goals for 17 years, but you're still you're broken, depressed." So uh, So stop doing that then, okay. And you've been looking about the future and you've been thinking about being happy one day when you've got that, that and that and measuring yourself against other people. and all. so, uh, So stop doing that. Instead, what you want to do is live by standards set from within, live by your truth. So in other words, set your own criteria, your own basis, your own levels, your own qualities, your own rules from within, from your truth and live from that space. And don't do this forever, just do this today. So in about a 10 second moment, and be fair, because of all they've been doing for the previous 17 years, the Robins and the Rowan stuff and every other teacher out there, it was like, what? But then I knew. I began to listen to the voice and I recognized the voice. It was my voice. It's my voice telling me that this is who you really are. That's what you've been doing. So imagine like this hurricane occurring, everything, everything you've been doing before. But in the middle of that hurricane, there's a small ball of air and inside that ball of air there's a really exquisite butterfly just flapping its wings saying, that's right, this is who you are. So that was the moment for me. So um, I left the office that evening because it was about almost 10 o'clock at night, that's my typical, you know, six days a week. Mm -hmm. And in the weeks, weekdays up until about eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night if I wasn't driving to see someone somewhere, I had a bed in in the morning before the kids woke up back for, back off, they'd gone to bed, weekends struggling to pay the bills, always the month, you know, having more of it. So the, the money running out before the month uh, before the month did. Um, having one house repossessed, uh, saving the marital home from a repossession order, bailiffs in the house. I could go on, but we've all got our stories in terms of how bad things are and, and crying at times. What do I do here? Come on, what do I do? And um, again, to a point where I realised, you know what? In that 10-second moment, I've realised... I'm, I'm gonna be happy now, now, not in the future, now. Because I'm gonna be me now, and the old way wasn't me. And you can't be truly happy as not you. You are going to be happy as your true self. How do you know you? How did just, you find you? I found me by going back to that, just by checking in and knowing, you know what? I think I always knew, when I recognized the things that were coming from me, not what come into me, because what came into me was different to all of that. When I recognized what was coming from me, I thought, Hold second. that's me. And that's the place I need to be. That's the, um, the voice I need to listen to and pay attention to. And I also knew there was a much more spiritual element than what I'm doing with my business. There was a spiritual connection. I felt it in that moment, and I feel it all moments since then. There's a spiritual element to that. So what I did, to answer your, to your question, is that um, I then <laughs> the next day, um, I laugh because I, I tell more people this than I used to, I I write down all my new standards, You know, taking the kids to school these these days of the week. No more evening appointments, no more working weekends, new standards as a rule. Clients must come to the office, work out all these work standards and being at home and being there in the morning and taking them to school, all these things. And I wrote them down and I colour-coded them and then I laminated them. Actually, (laughs) I did did that. There's a confession.
0: You you (laughs) laminated them. I
1: laminated my Mm. my original standards and what I did then, I... um, um, yeah, getting a be hot now. That was a bit embarrassing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I laminated them, and I got five copies. I put one on the fr- one myself. Put one on the fridge with a fridge magnet. and went went, went home that evening and um, said to my wife, you know, knew me. She'd been used to all the other stuff. I
0: was about to say, did if, your wife yeah. not sort of think no, like, I was coming no, through no, the no, door no, or? No, what?
1: no, no. Because I've done a lot of programs and tried things, been okay, on courses, okay, and this, yeah, this so and in the car. So it was another it, almost personal like, growth. Another, there, thing, it's another thing, thing he's thing, doing. God bless him, and I love him. But another thing he's doing. So I came home, gave her a copy of the year, not what going to be, this is me right now, this is my new standards, how I am right now, new dad, new husband. And my our oldest three kids, um, because the youngest was too young <laughs> to read a laminated anything. <laughs> so I gave the oldest three kids a copy of theirs and said, new dad, and this is it now. And um, so yes, did I write them down? Yes, did I laminate them? Yes, I admit that, I confess. And, um, and then I began to live, live by them. And as time went on, as I began to get comfortable with those standards and Competent at operating at that level and confident, I then consolidated. You know, straightened the back leg, stepped up again, and raised those standards, and that, that's what we did.
0: There was one thing that you just said that was really that I wanted to pick you up on. Yep. Um, you said up until that moment mm. you felt the spirituality, which has now become a big part of your life. Yeah. Were, were you spiritual before that moment?
1: Uh, I recognized my spirituality, but was I acting in a spiritual way and, and living that? No.
0: What does the yeah. spirituality mean? Um, to, yeah. To, I yeah, mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think people think, it's, it's used a lot these yeah, days, I think. Um, and uh, I, and funnily enough, I, I, I just literally about two hours before you came around, I was taking a walk down by the river. and. Mm. A, a guy sort of stopped me and and he asked me a question he went, he went, "What do you think God thinks about all of this right now? He was clearly oh, obviously okay, about yeah. to give me a, a yeah. uh, uh, and then, and I actually stood and talked to him. he was probably frightened oh, oh wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> someone's actually talking <laughs> to me not me." yeah uh, and, I, and i thought and and, and, I, and I thought right then i said oh 'm quite a spiritual person mm. and I, and i thought what's the difference? Is it spirituality religion mm. faith
1: what mm. Yeah, so religion is kind of a, a man-made construct, whereas spirituality is recognizing that, and, and it's been often said before that we are we are literally spirits, uh, in, uh, ephemeral beings having a physical experience. Yeah. yeah. So if we can accept that, and what we, what we do know, especially in your belief system, of course, and what your faith is, is that you know that, that which is the permanence of you doesn't change. So your spirit was you when you were born. You're born at ten, and you, you, you'll die a ten. Whether you live as a ten is a matter for you. Mm. Yeah. So, but your body changes, doesn't it? You're ten, you're thirty, you're fifty. You know, you things you try change. Yeah, yeah. Try and keep it a ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 keep it a 10. Go on. You know, when you're ninety-nine, say number <laughs> ten. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, great grandma. Are you though? Are you really a ten, grandma? And but you, know, but you go, um, you know, well, look, look at this. You go, actually. I'm a spirit and that spirit is the being of who, tr- who you for your truth who you truly are and that is where I recognize is what's connected to God because before yeah and I'm a spirit but you know I didn't have that like relationship with God in terms of he wasn't part of my life I believed in him I knew there was one I went to church on a, on a on a Sunday and I would sit down and stand up and kneel and different times you know through my church but actually it wasn't until I realized oh my gosh if there's a God and he's my creator and I believe there there is I don't even know him. So I began to open up to my spiritual connection to him, recognizing that he's the one that gave me that spirit. Um, so we are spirit and we're made in his image. So, um, and he's great and he's definitely a 10, you know. So um, that's how I began to, to, to work, to live my life to the degree that I you know, even though I've been a Christian all of my life, because i bought brought up as a mm. Christian all the rest of it, I became a Christian again, because now it was a conscious choice. That's what I want to do, to become a Christian again. And, and began to live a life in a much more spiritual way, i.e. Uh, the spiritual life and God and others first rather than world first. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so rather does. than living in a worldly way, which I, even once I woke up to the, to the book, I knew I was a spiritual being, but I was still kind of um, counting counting the money and looking at the success and going, okay, it is, my, it is for my truth, but now it's giving me this. What I, what I love doing right now is just turning down opportunities that would make me money they're just not right for me because my spirit is is saying that's not real for you and it's not a it's not right for you I I love just saying my spirit's telling me not to do that I'm following the spirit
0: is it money that's not important to you
1: well it's an interesting one because money is important it's not be uh no we have to say to ourselves if I didn't pay my bills they'd they'd come and turn the electric off Mm. yeah so money is important but it's to say that money isn't the thing. Money isn't the main count. Yeah? When you shuffle off this mortal coil and you're sitting down there on your, on your deathbed with your loved ones, yeah, not- I, I don't think anyone's going to be saying, well, oh, Sonia only made 17 million.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, never mind. They will be saying, man, how she loved. Yeah. Remember how she used to talk and how she laughed. and, and she, you know, There's this one time when I was really stuck and no one understood me and for some reason she... Picked up on that, she put her arm around my shoulder, and she gave me some words of encouragement, and and she allowed me to felt, felt when I was with Sonia, I really felt myself. It's as if she gave me permission to be me just by her being her. That's the richest thing that anyone's ever given me, and that's more than money, isn't it? No one goes away counting the money. So, is money important? Yeah, we've got to pay the bills. You know, you go back to you know ancient days, um, even the biblical times. You know, where, where you know Christ was. No, you know, he's a carpenter and his dad was a carpenter, as in the Joseph guy, not his goddad. And um, <laughs> yeah, <guy. laughs> yeah, you know, and um, and th- 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 they are carpenters. So they are professional carpenters. Yeah. So that they made things and got paid for it. So then you they need to pay the bills. And there's part of the, in the old scripture where it says they had to go and buy food for the crowd. So they, everyone need, needs money. But money is not the final count. It's not even the main count. So to me now... I'm not going to go into it, but so many times I get options. If we just do that, we can do that. And I'll work with you on that. We'll get this. I'm like, well, you know what? My grandmother would say, my spirit didn't take to a person. Or her spirit didn't take to the thing. And I feel that now. Back then, like, what's grandma saying? And I'm like, I get it, grandma. And I know what you mean by your spirit doesn't feel that's right for you. doesn't make the person wrong. doesn't make the project wrong. But you're just going, that's not right for me.
0: Why is it always got, i feel my grandma all the time mm. is it a grandma thing because yeah, it, yeah, I, I had a yeah. very special relationship with my grandma okay. and i i feel her around me all all the time
1: wow. all the time um, did you spend time with her i what, felt what it today i i passed yeah. a place
0: on, on richmond high street and somebody yeah. was cooking and it, I could smell her stew.
1: Right. This is bizarre. Wow.
0: <laughs> and i have never... That, this took me back to my childhood. Anyway, yeah. we're, we're, we're no, digressing, no, but no, it not. is...
1: Because this is what it's about. We're not digressing at all, because it's... it's, it's going back to answering your question again, or part B of that, is that we have to decide. Yeah, yes, we've got to pay the bills. Well, there's a threat out of your house. Yeah? But is, if, if that's not the count, well, what is the count then? Well, what is the measure of the end of our lives? It's, surely it's got to be... Is, How did we live? How did we love? How did we help others? What difference did we make in this world? That's got to be the count. If it's just the money thing, that that most world thinks it is, then a lot of people are going to do things not in love, because they think it's about money and land.
0: Do you think we're being shown that more and more today? I mean, we we have to talk... We can't get away from this interview and not Mm. talk about um, the fear and anxiety that we're living in Mm. today. Um, And yet... Certainly when we first went into lockdown and went into this pandemic, um, I mean, I was doing a series of interviews and, and I had to change the way I was doing things, as mm. a lot of people did, and I did Zoom interviews. And, and I was interviewing people that were stepping up, that were mm. actually going above and beyond yes. their usual everyday duty. And what I was finding is there was a tremendous feeling and act of kindness that were mm. coming from the human soul. The, the yes. soul, not the human, mm. but literally it was as though we were all coming together. Yeah, felt that. Now, what I feel has happened, and, mm-hmm. and it would be great to, und- to get your view on this, is something else has happened, and it's almost disjointed that, and it feels like we've gone the other way.
1: Yeah. My feeling is that I agree with you on that, and I've felt that. There was a feeling of, of in the early days of in this together. Yes. On, oneness. Kindness And a, and a recognition and nodding people who you... Wouldn't have gone to before when people were walking and standing, mm.
0: talking, talking together, to your neighbours. Neighbours, we were clapping you know, the yeah, NHS. And all of that, yeah,
1: all of that. And then wh- I think what happens then we have to be wary of this. The world uh, and certain characters and protagonists in the world um, are happy with that. They would prefer if uh, if people are loggerheads. And no, so, let's say that there are there, there's good, and there's evil. Or there's good and there's not so good. Or there's good and there's, good, and there's bad bad, not good or evil. Um, people getting on, people loving each other, people caring for each other. That's the antithesis of what that wants. And, you know, uh, it, you know the key thing therefore is that the dark side of, of, of the world will try and regain control when it sees things going wow in a, in a, in a, in a light way.
0: And um, I feel yeah, that's yeah. certainly over the past, yeah.
1: what, couple of months? Yeah, yeah, I felt that. I mean, without going into the politics and all the mm. stuff that we could go into, I think people watching this conversation will, will already understand what we're, what we're talking mm. about. So the key thing, then, is that, you know, that um, <laughs> the thing about, about darkness, however form that takes, is that darkness abhors the light. The, the darkness cannot stand the light. You know? So we have to shine our light into the darkness, um, I mean, shine a light into someone's life. To be the light that somebody else, to, to be the light that someone can turn to when it gets dark, and times they are dark. You know? And to be that light, because darkness can't stand the light. But you know what? It doesn't matter how dark it gets. Have you noticed when you light the smallest light, flick on the tiniest candle or light your lighter? No matter how dark it is, the light penetrates it. No matter how dark it is, the light breaks through. So all we have to do is then light our light and be the truth and be who we are. Because the stuff which we haven't got time to discuss on this particular conversation of the world will try and bring the people, that they'll be so division, so hate and so difference and all these things. And if you sow sow that, you're going to reap a lot more, worse than that. So if it's being sowed in the last few months, which I also recognise, we're going to see what's going to be reaped from that. And you're not going to sow... Um, one type, type of seed and get something different, you're going to get what you sow. So what does that mean? You, me, we have, everyone listening to this conversation, Sola. has a responsibility to sow the right things, to go mm-hmm. out there and in spite of that darkness, to turn on the light, to not join the darkness, but to turn on the light and keep turning on the light until more people, and if I've, if I've got a candle and you've got a candle and your, your light is not on, I'm going to just pass my light to you. And as I take you take on your light, we've both got our lights lit. My light's still shining bright. It hasn't diminished one particle, but yours still lit. So I can actually share light with you Mm. and not diminish myself. Mm. Not many parts of the world, or in physics or in science, that you can just give something and not be any less yourself. You can share a light and not be any less. Wow, that's lovely. So just so shared a lot. We've we've got to do this. We've we've got it's an absolute must to share the light through love and through caring. And the arm around the shoulder and the conversation and, and the smile and the card and the postcard and the, and the kind letter and all the things and the giving of the five pounds, all these things, because it's our world.
0: So what would you say to people out there? Because um, we've, we've just gone into lockdown, 2 We're in mm. London now. Mm. Um, but obviously other parts of the country have gone into lockdown three. There's yeah. even unrest in, in mm. our country, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Indeed. Um, what would you say to people out there that are just feeling the loneliness, despair, fear? Yeah.
1: I fully understand where people are um, from an emotional, um, spiritual position right now with all this uh, division, and darkness and uncertainty and fear around. Mm. Um, the only real response to that is to, say, is to say, really begin to work on your light. Others, many of us looking to someone else to turn the light on, so we can see our way away. each of us has our own light, too. and that may start with a kind word. It may literally start with a smile it may start with not responding until, catches, until someone throws your ball on social media that's a dark ball and you might go i'll oh, catch that ball and they'll throw it back to them even harder than no no it's about god bless you okay and then moving on because you know the, the darkness can't take the light and when you don't catch someone's ball the game's over Absolutely. yeah so it's moving on letting go and so she's about bit by bit step by step day by day hour by hour is doing something that brings more light into the world. Whoever you are, do your bit. If you're an 80-year-old um, lady, do your bit. If you're a 20-year-old guy in social media and you're an entrepreneur, do your bit. Because if we don't do our part, if we don't play our part, then how do, how do we win? Because you know, if you don't share your light now, when will you? Yeah. And if, you, if there's light leading in the world and you don't share it, who will? And if you share the light only for yourself. Who are you? You know the world. Every one of us knows the world is in a dark place, and it was hitherto. But it's not about what. What can you do? It's about what can I do. I can share my light. I can give a smile or a contribution to someone. I can make a difference. I can call a friend. I can say, you know, someone that's lonely, and I know that they're lonely. They've told me that they're lonely. I can. I can call them. And th- th- importantly. When I'm feeling discomfort and uncomfortable or not quite right, that's the point I make myself reach out to somebody else from my discomfort and say, "How are you doing? What's happening with you? Can I help with that? And that you, you need? So OK, or maybe I just listen. OK, if I understand. I, yeah, that because it's okay to help other people in our comfort, but from our discomfort, it's so much more, and the, the positive kickback. Is that it lifts us as well? I'm not sure that's. Uh, but that's no, what that's, fe- that's that's, that's what that, is, that is
0: beautiful, and yeah. I actually, I, I wish this would go around to many more people around the world. Need mm. to hear that yeah. and really take take action and take note and yeah. just really do things that come from their their true purpose and yeah. passion. Indeed, Derek, this has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, I, I could some, yeah. t- honestly talk yeah. <laughs> to you all day. <laughs> Ditto, yeah. um, What I really want to know is. Where are you at right now? Um, what's, what does the future hold without mm. the goals yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Derek?
1: Okay, uh, what's interesting is that um, who knows what's happening in the world because in the last eight or nine months more people have made inquiries to me, whether be corporates, individuals, coaching, entrepreneurs, property people, uh, have inquired than ever before, so the world is seeking. So what I propose to be in, people like you, people of the light, like me, is to just kind of just be there. Not try and direct it because who knows, yeah. Uh is to is to be there and to be ready to share the light and to be the light and to get the light out there and to put light into dark places because that's where it's needed. And and really just to hold the space for other people. So that's the that's the one thing I'm doing and being right now in terms of project that I'm on. The second book I'm writing in the 10-second in the philosophy series um, for Hay House is um, the working title, I've never told anybody this yet, Oh wow. apart Ooh. from those closest, closest to me, it's a bit of an exclusive. Okay, exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Are you work, ready for this, uh, yeah. everyone? <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the working t- title is Where's the Love in That? Where's the love in that?
0: I love
1: yeah. It. Because I'm going to address is how we treat one another, wow. how we treat ourselves, how the politicians, how they speak to each other, what they do and how nations and from a level of what am I doing here today with this relationship here to why is he saying that and people are following it there's hundred percent zero love in that and um, in fact there's a lot of hate there so when you are being a leader and you're spouting hate where's, where's the, the love, love in that? that when you make a policy about this and you're going to cage children or take away 20 million people's health benefits in the worst yes. pandemic for 100 years where's the love in, in that, that? when you look at someone in your, in your building and you treat them in a certain way because you're feeling at the squeeze a bit and you let somebody go and you know they're struggling but you could keep them on but you choose not to, where's the love in that? So it's really exploring everything, going back to this 10 second philosophy, pulling out the, the key um, principles from, from that and then sharing, really sharing and addressing our behavior and saying, where's the love in that? Because if we can begin to question, because you know what what I noticed is I uh, was watching so many conversations over the last seven or eight months, and like you said, more so in the last two or three months. And I think, well, I could answer that. But if I answer that, that's like going to look like opposition, and they're going to throw me a ball back, and there's going to be like a debate. But I would just people, just people put stuff out there, and I, I would just, and you've probably seen some of my posts on Facebook, and I would just go uh, blah 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 blah. blah so and so is doing this. What? Where's the love, the love in that? Because then you've got to answer if yeah. you've done that. Where, where's the love in that? That's, that's the key thing. It's the greatest gift. Where's the love in that? Now, you got to answer that. Not to me. You've got to answer that to you and to your creator. Where's the love in that? Whatever you do, whether, I don't, whether you're president or prime minister or someone that's in the personal development field spouting hate and division, you ask that question, where's the love in that? No, no they're not they're, don't tell me the answer to that question. You answer that question. And maybe when you answer that question, you go on a journey.
0: Well, I, 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 want to, I want to get my copy now. I want to put okay, myself yeah. on. But say, I okay. absolutely, yeah. I mean, this taught me so much. Um, and I've actually just downloaded the Audible because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to read it again yeah. as well. i a lot more um, Audible It's self. something that you can dip in and out of all the time because mm. there are certain chapters. I, I absolutely love this book and I would encourage Indeed. anyone to go out. We'll put the links as well Indeed. in the show notes. And where yeah. can people find out about you, Yeah,
1: go to the website at dailystandards.com. Just go, and then we'll find stuff and link to me. Find me on Facebook. Facebook. Um, You've got some great uh, quotes that you have got. Yeah, I just, I feel things, and what comes up to my spirit, I put it out there, simple as that. And I always feel, because what I've realised now is, I cannot even count how many people have said, sent me a private message saying, this was meant to me for me today. As in, when you feel something, because you, you, yeah, when you feel part of the oneness and you're acting from that space, maybe another level for some people, it's like the universe knows itself. Like 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 any machine, it knows all parts, and it, it supports, and the body supports the parts. I drink the water from the cup, and it takes it to the whole of my body, not just to the mouth. It says, oh, the toe's a bit thirsty. Let's get some water to the toe. And the whole system works to support it. If I can't reach the water, my feet will engage and take me to the water because the whole system's supporting itself and one another. And that's what we're seeking to do here. So when I, when I feel that something comes out of me and says, say that or state that, It may mean nothing to 5,000 people, but to one person, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I needed this morning at 10 o'clock, and it came in.
0: And if people can read that now, then that's that's amazing. My final question. Mm -hmm. If you were to write a message in a bottle for future generations to find, what would that message be?
1: Really simple. I would say love God and love one another as yourself.
0: Eric, thank you with all of my heart. My pleasure. Today.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you so much. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday, so hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.